Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of our brand new show, Centre Spot. The show for all you fellow sporting addicts out there and even the casuals that just want to stay up to date with all the news, gossip and action from around the sporting world. We have some amazing guests lined up, a silly amount of content ideas. These will be dropping every Saturday over this summer period, so please stay tuned, please subscribe and on that note, let's get into the show. I'm Freddie and I'll be trying to keep in check the absolute mayhem that is likely about to commence before your eyes or your ears. And with me today, I have the only man that could plead guilty and still win. The only thing he cannot talk his way out of is being a Spurs fan. It is Kevin Lee! Love to be here. Next to him, there's no man on this planet that loves a yellow or a red card more than him. He is our gambling correspondent. Andy Robson be very afraid. It is Bonza. Bonzino! <laughs> Up next, we have the man fighting the battle for Europe against the Brits. It's the German resident, the Bayern fan, it's Nicky A. <laughs> and finally, he is as solid of a bloke as he is at centre-back on Wednesday night, seven asides. The only thing that lets him down is his love for Manchester United. It's Nifei. <laughs> How we doing, boys? Yeah, Freddie. I like it. It's a pleasure. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You like it? Yeah. We buzzing? Yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> Come on. There's only one place to start: the record transfer for a British player. 105 million. 100 million guaranteed. Five million add-ons, according to Horny Horny, aka David Ornstein. It's Rice Rice Baby. Cavesley, I'm very interested to hear your opinion on this. Are yeah. we going to be propelled to the title? Look, are the Gooners? Fred, as a as a as a Spurs fan, as one of the Spurs fans on the panel, um, it, it, it pains me to say it really does. But Arsenal, I think Arsenal are cooking. Wow. And rice is one of the main ingredients. They're making them wow. the boys, aren't they? You know, that's what they're doing. That's what they're cooking up right now. Um, yeah, it's a good signing. I've kind of been praying, spending the last two weeks, hoping that Man City came and swooped in. What I will give Man City credit for, and I don't know if you agree with me, for, agree with me here, boys, but they've they pushed up the price to a nice 15, 20 million pounds. That 90 million bid they put in, they never wanted rice. They just saw Arsenal, they thought that, and they thought, you know what, let's make these guys pay an extra 20 million. So I'm, a, I'm disappointed that City didn't buy them. It's a great signing for Arsenal, but if there's one sort of recipe for me, it would be that Arsenal have to pay an extra maybe 20 million, then I think he's worth. <laughs> I think that's a 90, maybe an 80 million pound signing in this market. I think 105 is maybe a little bit over the top, but a good signing. It pains me because that's, that's I do think the City bid yeah. was just to, just, yeah, to they, make they a bit of Liverpool, because it was exactly the same, the same bid essentially. Yeah. But you know what? Any Aluko, it was not that, yeah, where Mikel Arteta, <laughs> called any, uh, called, Mikel Arteta called Pep and said, up yeah. the price. Yeah. It was Big not time. that. Yeah. But it did seem like they were just making us pay more. And also, I would say too, is that I don't think Arsenal have ever made a signing like this before. Well, it's a player that everyone in the world would want. He would go in any, pretty much any team in the world starting lineup. Arsenal have gone out, they've put the money down, and they, they've made it happen. And they've, 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 sort of, they've, they've had a strong season, they've built on that. And as, again, as much as it pains me to say it, but I think it's a, it's a solid little signing, and I'm jealous. All right, so yeah. I like that, I like that. It was Ooh. quite the transfer saga. We had Bayern get big daddy by Arsenal as well. At some point, supposedly. Bayern even posted, Thomas Tuchel spoke to Declan Rice so well that West Ham posted a TikTok of Declan Rice coming out saying, Guten Tag. Sent shivers through the Arsenal fan base. Bayern euphoria. Absolutely. But Nicky A, what were we saying about that? I'm okay with it. I would have liked Declan Rice 100%. I think we need a six in the team. 
So I was also upset about it, even more so upset about a very annoying Freddie Walker in my ear every <laughs> single day. But rice, rice, baby. We're, we're, we're not silly with our money. I think 120 million euros, as we do it in Europe, <laughs> is a lot of money on a DM. But as Cam said earlier, I think he put it quite well. I mean, he's a player that most teams would want, maybe besides Real Madrid. So and Man United. And Man United. <laughs> They're focusing on other things. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? Arsenal definitely interesting. Great signing so far. We'll see how it goes. Nife, just on that point that you just made, is it true that you bid 40 million plus a fridge and look sourceless for Declan Rice? <laughs> is that honest, true? To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if it was true. And if I was West Ham, I would have taken it. But what? all I've got to say Taken is, it? Yeah, of course you take it. What? Again, Harry Maguire, Scott McTominay is the replacement for Rice yeah. and 40 oh, mil. Maybe. I oh, think that. it's a good deal. I don't, I don't hate that. I, just, also, to, just to jump in too something that Man City could have done send Calvin Phillips the other way and maybe pay like eight I think that's a great deal for West Ham I, don't think, wrong. I think Phillips doesn't do that yeah, yeah. First. I think that's why I it didn't happen that would have been a great deal but we also have to remember right I know Fred's going to come out with technicalities of West Ham had an option and blah 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 he had one year left on his contract. He had two years left. No, no, no. Okay, let's let's speak about it in factual terms. He had one year left on his contract. So you've paid 105 million yeah. for someone who's a DM. With two years left. Who's not going <laughs> to... We'll agree to disagree on that one, right? Yeah. But he's not going to get you goals. Yes, he's going to do the DM role. But does a DM really cost 105 million? The answer is no. It depends. Last summer, let's just, let's just put this out there. Last summer, you guys gave us a load of crap for paying 70 mil for Casemiro, one of the best DMs we've ever seen in world football. So let's talk right. about it. I think you'll find that the Casemiro deal I was I was upset about because it was it was a good deal. Like I I, I wasn't upset about man like I wasn't upset about when you getting him. I was annoyed that you got him because it was a good deal. Also, you had, you had one of the best DMs gotta, and that's what you needed. You got to consider age in it too. Casemiro, I get where you're coming from, but Vice how old is he? Like 24, 25? Yeah. Tops. Yeah. He's going to be around for the next eight, eight years, yeah. potentially, but maybe eight, nine, eight, ten years. And then also, too, I hate it just as much as anyone else, but the English tax, that comes into yeah, it. English so, mate, yeah. If you're doing one, unbelievable signing. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, look, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm punting <laughs> cameras now. I'm going to come out and I'm just going to try and be unbiased. Can we also um, be honest, right? You paid 105 million for Rice. Rice is not staying at Arsenal for more than eight years. He will go. Okay, he will go. I'll take eight years, mate. He will go to Man City in the next four years. Clip me on that one. Oh, I, will, I will clip you on that. Yeah, we'll yeah. be four years down the line. We're not even ten minutes in, Nifa. <laughs> a four-year clip down the line already. Okay, sweet. I think Mikel Arteta's riz is unmatched. On the phone, that guy speaks to any player, and they immediately want to come to Arsenal. Mate. Well, Tommy, no? Tommy Tuchel gets him to say good morning. Okay. <laughs> it's just our finances aren't like that. Yeah, first. I feel, I feel like Arsenal, yes, off the back of a good season, yeah, everyone's got a bit giddy and yeah. thinks they're the next big cheese. That's right? valid. Let's let's put it into context. You bottled the league. This is going <laughs> off topic, <laughs> but you That's bottled facts. the league. So if you want to be challenging, like you guys say, you should be, yeah. you should be spending the money. And I don't want to hear in twelve months' time. Oh yeah, we spent money, but Man United just spent. That's not the facts. Yeah. We know we should have been challenging. We didn't. Yeah. So we want to see you do it. And if you don't, you bottled it again. So yeah, no, I, I agree. But I think the signings that we've made this summer are covering. I know everyone always says it's excuses. The Saliba injury last year cost us the league. I'd argue that that is a genuine reason why Arsenal dipped in form when Rob Holding has to come in instead of Saliba. That's a 
genuine reason why Faldini, you guys we, we, them? we dip in form. <laughs> but, and then the season before with the Champions League, it was, it was Partey and Kieran Tierney that got injured. So now Julian Timber coming in as backup for Saliba, Ben White, that, that, those options there, if that does happen, if Julian Timber does happen, then that's a lot of depth. You have Kai Havertz, who we can now oh, talk about, oh, oh, it, who is coming in as a, as a cam, a right wing striker, right wing striker backup, but I think predominantly as a left attacking midfield. And I was very excited by Havertz when it first kind of got announced because I saw the Mikel Arteta plan. Over time, it's, it's, it's decreased, the excitement, but I still think it could be a good signing. Um, but let's talk about Havertz's output. What's he yeah. actually, apart from scoring a jammy goal in the Champions League final, what's he yeah. actually got? Scored a winner in the Champions League final, really, <laughs> yeah. Come on. I'm not going to name off the top of my head, but I reckon some very average players have scored goals in the Champions yeah. League final. Nick, what are you saying about Havertz to Arsenal? The Bundesliga expert. Um, when he excelled. Well, he excelled. He didn't play striker. So I think uh, it's really interesting, in my opinion. I think uh, Havertz is a, almost a luxury player. I think he's not going to you're Burnley you don't want to have it because you need players around you of course Leverkusen also is in Man City but in a free-flowing system they play great football and Havertz are great uh, Havertz was a super exciting player may the record show though that in history it's always not looked good for players that leave the Bundesliga and not want to be signed by Bayern and we didn't <laughs> sign Havertz De Bruyne we wanted to didn't have the money great player Havertz we made the decision against obviously we have Thomas Müller so it's different but I think it's super exciting. I want him to do well. I mean, Germany's been uh, s'ing the bed recently. Yeah. And <laughs> so we, we need someone. And I'd love for Havertz to do well. I, it's but he's been bad for Germany as well, right? Like, he, he, he has I been. think he's better for Germany than he is for Chelsea. Yeah? I think for Germany also, he's been playing nine a lot. Uh, and I just, I, he's just not a nine. I think it's, it's super evident. And I think um, yeah. there's a great video of Tommy Tuchel speaking about him when he was at Chelsea, where they asked him what he thinks what player profile he is. And it's... Even himself says he hasn't figured it out. And I think if you haven't figured it out, once it's, I like a player when you know where, what position he plays. But what, let's see. What did Arsenal pay for him in the end? 65 well, million. See. And what did Chelsea pay for him when they signed him? No idea. Uh, it, it was 80. like 80, but I think it's actually like 71 million pound. Right, euros. Yeah. I don't know. I think the, I, the actual fee that we have in our heads is, is euros for we, Havertz. Uh, they sat, but, but actually, it's nice adults, adults. isn't it? Like, yeah. I, just, I don't know. Like, I, it is I, a surprising thing. He reminds me a bit of Nemo Werner. Like, yeah. a bit underrated. Like, finally hasn't stepped up in every single game, but he's shown that he's got, like, a bit of ability yeah. about him. And he's got some time. The upside is definitely there. I mean, the player is in there. And he, and I mean, as MB said earlier, I mean, yeah, he did score his goal in the Champions League final. And he also, in that Germany game where we got knocked out in the, in the World Cup just now, he was also, it was the most important game for the World Cup for us. I mean, we got knocked out, but we won. And he scored, I think, two goals. We got man of the match with that legendary photo of him looking very upset while holding a man of the match. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, there's a play in there. Let's wait and see if Ateta gets it, gets it out of him. I, yeah. I, think, I think we also have to bear in mind, we're talking about top-level professionals, right? If, how old is he, 26? No, he's younger. He's 20, 24? 24. 24 or something. Yeah. You haven't figured out, and no coach you've played for has figured out what position you yeah. you should play. It's a bit of a problem. But I think that's more Chelsea, not like that they didn't have a striker that that was performing. So they were like, okay, that's the next best option. Whereas if you look at him at Leverkusen, he predominantly played. Performing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Arguably hates He's performing in the system. Right. Yeah. Arguably hates but I think he's not a bagsman, but. That would be because if you're signing to be a backup striker, he's literally just failed in that role at Chelsea. So like I, I heard the other day that he might be part of like a like a midfield three with Odegaard. Yeah. And like part and part That's of the that, is, that is that is hundred percent what it is. That, that, yeah. I, I get that. We we had so Xhaka a lot of the time last year was pushing up into most of the time he's playing left attacking midfield. Yeah. That's why Xhaka got so many goals and maybe not assists, but he, he got a lot of goals for Xhaka's output last year, normal output. So. Kai Havertz will play, and that's a dangerous attack. Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, Havertz, Odegaard, Declan Rice behind. That's that's pretty scary. So I think we can all agree that Arsenal, Ben Bonza, you you can answer this one. (laughs) I was just going to chime in on the the general Arsenal transfer topic. Obviously, we've we've covered Rice already. I'm not going to touch too much on that. It's not what you want to see. Arsenal already signed or virtually signed Rice. Have a 65 mil timber. I think another 40, 45 from I've seen. We're not in July yet, so it, it's quite concerning from a from a Tottenham perspective. I think it's interesting, and it comes back to where Havertz plays. I think if you if you asked Arsenal fans two, three weeks ago before the links arise, <laughs> Havertz 65 mil, I, they're probably going to say no. <laughs> Since then, we've seen Chelsea throughout the past season. The stats. I think he came first for about eight or nine different stats. And I think there's more faith than anything in Arteta's scouting ability and the scouts around him to say Havertz could fit in here or there quite nicely. I think, personally, take the stats away, I think it's too much money. Agreed. And as oh. Nife said as well, you're coming up to your mid-twenties and you haven't solidified a, a position, whether you're yeah. false nine, you're playing in, in the left, left-hand side as an attacking midfielder. My other thoughts are, Although Xhaka played a bit more advanced, I think seven goals, seven assists in the league, all that team being a bit more unbalanced. Partey yeah. potentially going out, Rice coming in, I don't, I don't think in that aspect, but Xhaka perhaps more defensive ability than, than someone like Havertz. And then obviously yeah. I would have got the other side too quiet. It's almost making like Rice have to make up yeah. too much. I exactly. think that's also a very good point that Ben makes. Yeah. The team is now as exciting as it is attacking yeah. in Arsenal perspective right it's now incredibly unbalanced yeah. you got Rice that's going to be expected to do a Casemiro job but can he do that we've not we've, we've not seen him he probably it, so good I'm not I don't want to say he can't guy covers do. ground like a cheetah it's <laughs> rapid right, we're getting rapid, rapid. See, cheetahs are very quick <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he moves see there's the Arsenal Gideon <laughs> that would be my one concern too is mate un- unbelievable signings don't, don't get me wrong but like, I just feel like I'm thinking about that team lining up and is it we know the level of the Premier League Everyone comes at you. Everyone's relentless. Is it too a little bit on the attacking side? I, I thought Arsenal, were, they were pretty threatening going forward last year. I, I kind of thought that it was, it was the defence that they needed to kind of solidify, and if you know what I mean, get a couple uh, more reinforcements. I know you're getting Timber in and stuff like I that. I think so. that, yeah, I think that's yeah. where we will improve this but, year with, with Timber. Yeah. And so, I mean, I just think if Timber does happen, that's just a, a good signing. Centre back, right back. It's interesting because City, well, at least if you believe the reports or if you believe your theory that they just wanted to increase the price point, they didn't want Rice as a six. They wanted Rice as a Gundogan replacement. Oh, really? So at least that's what the reports say. The Athletic, who we at least seem to be relatively credible. <laughs> it's super interesting. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting how Rice plays that role. I think you've got to also respect him for taking the Arsenal move. I, Freddie and I had long discussions about this topic. I don't know what it says about me as a person, but I wouldn't have blamed him for taking the City route. Not at all. But I think, I mean, as a football fan, I think it's cool. I think it's cool he takes the Arsenal. I think it's cool he has the ambition to make Arsenal great. Um, But he could play that eight role at Arsenal as well. Like he, the Havertz is not 100% in that eight role. It could, 
I mean, we still are yet to see what's going to happen with Thomas Partey. Yeah. But if Thomas Partey still stays, then there's that potential for him to play in the eight. But at Man City, he didn't have the potential okay. to play in the six yeah. because of Rodri. But I think, is, is that not an issue for you? You've just said that Havertz no. is not 100% to play in that eight role. And you've just signed Rice and the news is like Partey is going to go elsewhere, probably because of other issues as well. Does that not concern you? You signed a player that every Arsenal fan I've heard says is going to play this position. But even in your mind, you're doubting whether he can and whether he's going to be good at it. And also, that's, it's, a, it's an interesting topic because it's like you guys believe so much in Arteta and what he does and how he's going to mould the team and stuff. Yeah. But if you doubt it, he, Kai Havertz is going to doubt it because he's going to see this pod, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to see other pods and he's just going to keep thinking, oh, can I actually do it? And that is... He's a player. He's a confidence. Player. He's no, but he's versatile. He's there to be a versatility player. That's why we paid the sixty-five million for him because he gives back up to Saka, which we didn't really have, mm. unless you consider Marquinhos and potentially Reese Nelson as a right wing backup. Yeah, but that's to protect value and whatever. But we could maybe sell on Reese Nelson and recoup some of that. But the it's like with Eddie. But the we we have Kai as a backup that is potentially a better quality player than Eddie at centre-forward if yeah. we need it because in the system the centre-forward doesn't need to be an Arsenal like the, the key guy but so but he will link play nicely if he ever plays there and Jesus mm -hmm. gets another long injury then we have him to cover Saka and he's definitely more quality than what we have on the right wing so far as backup and then we have him as the, as the camp and then you also have Declan Rice and I don't know if Thomas Partey goes then we'll get another midfielder in, I think 65 for a so, backup yeah we'll, we will see Love you. Love you. but I think we can all agree that so far, Arsenal have won the transfer window. Right? Yeah, of course, but I think yeah. uh, I think you guys. <laughs> I think they've made their moves early. Yeah. No one else yeah. has really no. bit the so, bullet. So far, United, so far, United radio silence. Absolutely nothing there. We actually haven't signed Rice yet, and yeah. I, Fabrizio did say in one of his tweets. I think on Wednesday, it will be today or tomorrow. Here we go, and. We haven't got a here we go. Is so. it just the, like, no, it, the all of the payments, basically? That's like, what they're yeah, saying, but it's it's taking longer than I would yeah. expect for that to happen. So, so I mean, it, it so hasn't actually happened so as of again, just football. You've, you've done a football manager where you pay, pay, you pay 80 million over about five years. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. actually giving him 15 million a year. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So Arsenal, we're good. We're doing well. Fine, we'll see you about Let's go on to the noisy neighbour Spurs. Let's start with the good news. James Madison, great signing, in Very my opinion. Signing. Very excited. I was saying, I think we've been screaming out for a player of his ability since Eric Ericsson's left. Yeah. We needed someone that's going to be creative in midfield, link the midfield with the attack. If you look latter end of the latter stages of the season, we had Hoiberg and Skip, which is next to no creativity whatsoever. So nasty. Um, I think new manager is going to play four three three. There's going to be two eights. So I think he's going to fit in nicely there, perhaps on the right-hand side. Alternatively, he could go on the right wing with Kuliseski sort of changing. I think it's really exciting. And I think 40 million as well in this market is Good unbelievable. Still. Good deal. Um, I'm surprised we got him so easily and quickly. Yeah. Newcastle were linked. Apart from that, I would have thought Villa, potentially. Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but... Spurs probably it, do win a battle against Villa in the transfer market, but <laughs> no, don't 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 disagree there. But I'm just surprised there's not more teams sniffing around, and I think it's it feels unusual for Tottenham to do their business so quickly and so easily. Usually, we have a a three four week 
Yeah, it did happen quick. It, yeah. I, I remember uh, thinking like the Madison thing just progressed yeah. really quickly. And I, I would just say for all his faults, and I probably I probably am Levy out after all the messing around over the past few years, sacking Jose Mourinho five days before a final, etc. Cetera, et cetera. <laughs> right, don't even get me started on that. And maybe this is a conversation for another day. But I think it does show that I think Levy, for all his faults, he is the best operator in, in world football. You look at Arsenal, they just paid a... They just paid, no, listen, listen. Right, they just paid, Arsenal just paid a hundred... <laughs> Arsenal just fired... Wait, wait, oh, listen, this is a big shout. I know, we're on, it's episode one. Wow. Okay? Uh, you to get used to, right? No, because he is, right? Because he's, 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 he's gone out, he's secured himself, an English talent, we all go on about English tax. 40 million for Hammers Madison. Yeah, but he had just been relegated. Yeah, but... And no one else bid. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, but still, but that's... Look, and that's... I just think... I think his ability to go out and maximise money that we're going to come in, and I know like, I've got this Kane situation going on. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, that could prove me wrong. But I think this is... Arsenal just paid £105 million for Declan Rice. Are you telling me that James Madison is two and a half times worse a player than Declan Rice is? I, don't, I, don't, I, think, mm. I think he's gone out, he's found himself a good deal in the market. And for all of his faults, and there are many, I think there are many, like I, am, I think he is... I do trust him with we're looking after our bucks, I have to say. To be, that is one of his only positives that he brings he, to us. I was going to say, he's a fantastic businessman. He's not who you want as a fan to be at the top of your club. Yeah. And he's been there for 20 I'd years. rather have a guy who came out and paid 50 million for Madison and he paid 25 million for Jack Grealish for eight years ago when that, when that happened. But, that, that was, what, but I do also respect when he gets a good deal done. I'm like, you know that what? That doesn't that's make him the best, the best in the world. Fine, maybe, I, maybe a bit of hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a bit, yeah, I'm a little yeah. bit nervous. You know, I might have overspoken there, but he's a good operator. He is a good businessman. He's a, he's a good businessman. The way he's dealt with the stadium and everything, and you guys can actually still spend money with your stadium. That's crazy. Which is nuts because they spend. Again, a billion? Look at, look at about Everton. a billion on the stadium? Yeah, like, it was supposed to be oh, 300 million. So for you to even be able to spend like, money in the transfer market. I think it was supposed to be 300 million spent yeah. on, the, on, the, on the stadium and it yeah. ended up being over a billion. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It was a beautiful stadium. And I you're still able to spend money. I had so. a few Arsenal fans at the time saying, or two years ago, saying that we're going to have a big lull, which, I mean, that was me. <laughs> Probably you, you were on, Freddie, because similar to, to what you had and experienced after, after your new stadium, going, what, yeah. 15 years ago, 2008? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yet to see, but we're still we're still spending. Yeah, we broke the tra- um, we've broken our transfer record. The thing that the stadium haven't we? Like we're not on Dumbale. No, so def- like definitely. I think I think the thing that I'm we're all waiting now is to see what happens with Kane. There's there's yeah. pros and cons to it. He's got one year left in his contract. If he goes to Bayern, then of course we're not strengthening or massively strengthening a rival. We're getting sixty million. However, usually with Tottenham. If we get a X amount fee in, we're not spending that in a direct replacement. We're probably spending it across, just like the Bale seven players. Spend on Soldado. Not, not, not that extreme, not that extreme, but yeah. So we, we, we wouldn't be strengthening a rival in that case. I think Daniel Levy probably looks at it as if we have Kane, we come here in the league. If we don't, it costs us this much. We can't get, we can't replace Kane. We don't, no. There's no direct replacement. Um, Nick, do you think you up that bid from 60 million? Yeah, 100%. You do? Uh, 100%. I think yeah. we rarely bid for players when we don't get an okay. I think it's a huge statement to get an okay from Harry Kane. Even though I sometimes don't sound that, I, I do understand the, the beauty, uh, obviously the beauty of the Prem and obviously the, the whole idea of breaking Alan Shearer's record. However, at the same time, I think, obviously, only here with Brits, but you can't tell me the record scorers of most other leagues. I, I think yeah. it's obviously it's, it's a big flex. I think it's very cool to say you've scored the most goals, but in the end effect, you want to look back and say, hey, I won these things. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people say a Bundesliga title is not worth a Prem. I think that's completely fair. It's still winning a title. I mean, this year was the 11th in a row. Crazy. I could even say that. I could have never imagined that as a kid growing up. But the 11th, obviously, granted, it was a crazy one, but it felt as good as the first. That's, I never get bored of it. 
I think none of us fans get bored of it and I think it installs a winning mentality I think it's good for England by the way I think if Kane the English captain goes to Bayern and goes to is in a mindset where we want to win and I think what people also don't realize is 2025 <coughs> Champions League final is in Munich we have a very bad memory with the last one in Munich obviously losing on penalties to uh, Chelsea. So do Spurs fans, Nick. Um, <laughs> so do Spurs fans, of course. 100% right. Uh, I mean, I'm still sorry about that. Um, they changed the rules. My dad tried. Great decision. I got carried out of the stadium. I was crying so much. It was a, it was a tough day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, let's see. I think Mr. Daniel is very tough to negotiate with. So I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Uh, I would like the old Spurs boys back at Bayern though, I think, or not back, but start Bayern. Harry Kane and Kyle Walker, uh, <laughs> play, win some Bundesliga titles, maybe compete for a Champions League, because that's the expectation, why not? It'd be I, nice. I, I'd would, like. I, would, I would quite happily give up 100 mil or 80 mil or 60 million euros if, if Bayern want to lowball it to keep him for a year. Because I think, I think, I think Spurs is only, only, only shot, and I think top four is a possibility, a possibility. Wow. If we make the right signings, if Ange works, but we need Kane in that team. We need a 30 goal season striker. I, I agree um, with you there. And, so, and I think, you know what, if we it's get Champions League next year and a project starts happening and we get top four, nah, but you're not getting start, then Kane can go and it'll be, it'll be a worthwhile. <laughs> it's a risk, it's a gamble. I agree. I think it'd be nice to get the first year off to, to a good start. And yeah. if Kane was there for that, obviously he, he's- A hundred million, a hundred, you're gonna lose him for free. And he's most likely, let's be real, he's probably going man new. That's what I want. Cause then he, then, cause, I see Man U having a much better year this year under under seven eight, seven ten. And then he breaks the record. He breaks the record in the Prem and can play for Man United. I, 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 I get it. I think that's the big, and it's a it's a, almost a two sided coin for Spurs. You either take the money, right, which is for a thirty one year old with one year left on his contract, sixty million. Is a good shit. 29. 29. Yeah. 30 in July. Okay. Yeah, just out of two years. Of semantics. <laughs> <laughs> got to reason spending so much money on a lot of Semantics. <laughs> semantics, semantics, all right? So you're going to get 60 million for someone who's got one year left on his contract, which I think is a fair enough deal. Or you let him come to us, which I yeah. would complain for, but it goes against everything that you as Spurs fans want. Yeah. You don't want yeah. Harry Kane turning up at United, smashing yeah. 35 goals yeah. in the Prem with Bruno Rashford, Mason behind him. Trust me, as an Arsenal fan that saw Robin Van Persie do that move, you do not want to see it. You don't want to see it and you feel getting 100 million. No. Well, Arsenal okay, sold let's Arsenal say 80 sold million. Let's say Bayern got to 80 million. Arsenal also sold Robin Van Persie. You got 20 million. Yeah, you, but actually that, sold, you decided to sell it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what yeah. I'm saying is that if, if you have the option to sell Kane for 80 million to Bayern instead of it's Realistically, probably Man U next year for free, yeah. and then he goes to Man U and what starts. Chelsea? Can I say one thing? There's and, and don't bite me for this, but there's, there's always a small chance that Kane decides to sign a new contract. Not a chance in hell. Easy, December, a little Christmas present. Nah. Yeah, we can, little we can, Christmas look, present, Harry. We start <laughs> strong. We get to January. We're in a top four battle. He's loving Andrew's style, nah. right? He's liking the project. Retweet, nah. you know. He's been there his entire life. He's been there his entire life. You know what? I don't know. He's not getting hooked in again. He's not letting his brother rope him into another six-year contract. <laughs> Charlie, as Charlie, Charlie, Charlie's <laughs> going to really enjoy Munich. I think we're a beautiful, beautiful city and uh, Oktoberfest for the entire family. Let me, just, let me just say this, right? If Harry Kane, and I'm going to put this out there, if Harry Kane in the next year doesn't move to a top club, 
I'm not saying Spurs aren't oh, top a club. Before I before before I get clipped before I get clipped for that, right? If he doesn't move to Bayern Munich, Man United, a Champions League, League caliber winning club, right? <laughs> I think it looks down on his actual football career. And that might just be my opinion as someone who wants to win it's, it's things. It's a no trophy. Yeah, yeah it's the no trophy. He might have one trophy. Exactly. Like, it, it, it's it, cup, baby. Yeah. Realistic. No, but that's relevant. I think it's, it's very <laughs> difficult to look at Harry Kane and say, yeah, you've smashed Alan Shearer's record. Because we're all going to forget about that. All yeah. we're going to think is, what do you win? Oh, nothing. Oh, yeah. see you later. Facts. Yeah. So I, I think, I think so, he needs to think what's best for him. Although Levy might be wheeling and dealing and not letting him do what's best for him. He needs to force a move. Either which way it happens. Either he goes now or he comes to United next year. But either one of them is going to happen. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to the other buying target. Kim Min Jae, here we go. What are we saying about that, Nick? As a Me beauty, or, though. Man, you. He must be upset about that. Let me get my moment after the whole the, the rice tobacco. <laughs> no, I'm super happy with that. I think we're replacing a great player in Lucas Hernandez. So disappointed on a personal level, not knowing him, but him leaving Bayern but I think replacing him with a almost better player at least he's always available I think Susan has had two ACLs so that's yeah. pretty rough I, I, I love the player I think he's great I, I saw a stat the other day though that I think he, on average he missed 16 games a season for Bayern which is that's just ridiculous. absolutely Chris and he's a record signing so yeah we we got f- almost 50 million for him we're signing Kim for 50 million he was definitely the best centre back in uh, um, Serie A last season uh so I'm excited. I think uh, I think it's cool. I think we're getting someone in who has little problems also away from football, which Hernandez also had. Yeah. And yeah, I'm super excited to see him good play. Price. I think good price. price. I think for the release. It was clause, 50 mil release, 50 right? Mil Euros, release right? Clause, uh, which is crazy. He just got a year younger due to this uh, absolute <laughs> bargain. And yeah, I think I, I'm excited. Nice. And you're stealing from Man U, <laughs> which is always nice. Listen, I'll say this, right? And we spoke about this very briefly before. Yeah. It is absolutely ridiculous from Bayern Munich to do that. And this is speaking objectively, right? Because that is one of the most selfish things I've ever seen in football. We complain about City picking off the best players and building a mega squad. But Bayern Munich have some of the best centre-backs in world football. We can, re- we can re- read them off now. Upamecano, De Ligt, Hernandez is leaving, fine, whatever. You probably have some guys in the youth squad that are going to be quality. And you now sign Kim Min Jae. So one of those three is sitting on the bench. Yeah. Greedy. And I think that is absolutely greedy and ridiculous. <laughs> Who yes. Uh, it's, it's super tough. Uh, it's super interesting because, so we've had two great centre-backs. I think, especially over here, Upamecano has kind of suffered under like a bit of the online trolls. Mm. He's been amazing. For 98% of the season, he was the best, but he was generally absolutely amazing, in, in, including the World Cup. However, I have to say, obviously, in the big moment against Man City, and yeah. that's what it matters. It doesn't matter that I watch him be cologne on a weekend and he looks like the best center back i've seen in years if uh, against city he slips and he just stinks up the field it's, it's the field is obviously painful so it's going to be really interesting to see especially as tuchel wanted the six with rice do we get a six if not i don't think there's many on the market maybe he goes three at the back and over meccano a bit more aggressive where he maybe is allowed to make a mistake and you have two bullies and the licht and kim at the back yeah. let's see if he f- does that i personally would love to see it because if meccano can pass the ball far Wait and see. Also, another thing too, maybe from an angle you haven't considered, Nick, and I know this is the case for Spurs, the South Koreans, they, they, they bloody love their football. Yeah. Uh, I think one in, there's 48 million people in South Korea and 12 million of Spurs fans, because humans on. And not that Bayern Munich need it, but just again, 
that's just another thing for Bayern, you know, probably like six, seven million fans there. He's one of their biggest players. Like, 100%, 100%, just, you know, 100%. Don't, don't hate worth, on me, Gunners. Worth the 50 million every penny. I, I watched a few videos of Spurs' pre-season tour on YouTube where Son arrives in, Ooh, arrives in South Korea. Yeah. Nuts. Cool. Yeah, super cool. Crazy. It's like the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it genuinely was. It was like the Beatles. Yeah. Like, just crazy. Like, it, it, so, yeah, no. It's, they're like, uh, obviously, they're like rock stars out there. Yeah, yeah, All right, well, let's move on to Man U. We had the horny, horny bomb. <laughs> Thursday night, the 60 million Mason Mount is going to Man U. Moving from Chelsea. What are you feeling about that? One year left of the contract. Okay, one, you were coming at me for one year with Declan Rice. Okay. One year left, Mason Mount from Chelsea. Okay. I, I, Talk to me. I get it, right? And I would have been happy with the 50 up front and the five add-ons. Yes, we've had to wheel and deal with Chelsea. I think it's a great signing. I think he's an upgrade on Ericsson. He's got legs. He can play. And if we're talking about people lobbing players into squads and like we did with Havertz, there's no manager that Mount hasn't played under that hasn't picked him. Yeah, I think that yeah. says something. Yeah, that's true. That shows one character, quality, whatever else it might be. Yeah. He is a fantastic footballer. Yes, he's had a dip in form and whatnot for the last year or so, yeah. but he's a fantastic footballer and a fantastic signer. Well, on that, on that, let me, let me say like last year's stats. Yeah, of course. 35 games, three goals, six assists. Four of those assists come in the Champions League, to be fair to him. The year before that, 53 games, 13 goals, 16 assists. So he did yeah, he I think have he a got... very poor year and the previous two years won Chelsea's Player of the Year. Both so, years, yeah, yeah, 2020, 20, 21, 21, 22. Yeah. So, the season maybe that. Last, he got 33% of his goal contributions, not last season, the season before. Playing against Norwich, I think when when Chelsea <laughs> won 7-0, he got three goals in the great so Luis I mean, Suarez. Just, just, just to throw that out there as well, I, I, I don't disagree with the, the fact that every manager's wanted him in there and yeah. start him. I think the fee, especially when we just talked about Madison, the fee for Both me won. is is far too high. English tax. In, yeah, English tax. I also have to. Oh, also, he's a homegrown talent too. Which yeah, is very homegrown talent. I mean, Madison, yeah, so Madison the same. Yeah, I'm not I mean, saying, yeah, I'm but that's without being biased. Before this window starts, before obviously transfers, offers have gone in, I would much rather have Madison than... than I, than I think you get away with Madison being 40 mil because Leicester got relegated. Nick, as you've got no skin in the game, could I ask you, right? Yeah. Can you do a shag marry avoid, <laughs> taking into account ability, contract time left, and also, and also value of the transfer between Mount, Madison and, and Rice? What, have what you, like, and I was going to only because they're all English there, but context matters, fun. right? So fun. it would have been wise. I picked because we need a six. Uh, sure. I think ah, okay. I think it's it's tough to say. But well, I before I do that game, I want to say forty million for Madison who got relegated, no Champions League experience, or he does actually, right? Leicester wasn't the chance, of course. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure with him though. Probably wouldn't have played for them. But Mount, who's one of the most integral players of the Champions League winning side, I think it's it's those 15 million extra it's, it comes from him not being relegated you could say the and same thing about Rice though not being but Mount's numbers last year not Mount's Madison's numbers he got 10 goals 9 assists yeah. but they got relegated yeah no but that's 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 pretty nuts in a, I mean, it, that's almost speaks course. better I, for I, him I also think Madison's a great signing by the way I, I'm not trying to disbar that so I'm just saying Mount's coming from Chelsea they're not going to give him for a little I think 55 million for an English player as you guys say English tax is 15 million more than Madison I don't think that that's, that's that's crazy. I think 
United have overspent much worse on other players. That's well, that's agreed. Point, agreed. Yeah. I think also it's Mount is a fantastic player, right? But we also have to remember this guy is now going to go into playing with Bruno Casemiro behind him. Yeah. So forget about Chelsea had a shocker of a year last year, a shocker of a year. So we can forget about last year because none of their players did anything. Havertz who went to Arsenal, his stats weren't fantastic. No. Chelsea's top scorer, best probably their best player, right? Yeah. We forget about that and we look into the system they're going to be put in. He's going to play with Casemiro, Bruno, Rashford. If we get a striker, striker, hopefully he'll play with him. Those five components to our team are going to be massive. Yeah. So I do. I do not see a world where Mason Mount does not succeed in Manchester United. Clip me yeah. again. Interesting. May, also, one more thing. Very interesting. Mount to back Nifa here, and that's crazy because I don't even love Mason Mount to be honest. But <laughs> it, 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 should, <laughs> it should be said also that Arsenal, according to your favorite, player, yeah, true, he was the prime target before Havertz. And Liverpool wanted Mason Mount. I think, as I said, well, I don't know. Obviously, for me, it's only eye test. Kind of going to back the scouting department here as well. I think it says something about Mount that all these teams wanted yeah. him, and all the managers wanted him as well. But obviously, I'm not a Chelsea fan, so let's. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to say the least. I think I'm also very intrigued about James Madison. I think it's an exciting signing for Spurs. And it's always good to get an English player in, I think. Yeah. Both those would be very interesting. I think you can pick and choose whichever you want. Out of Mount and Madison, we call them fairly similar-ish type of players. I think Madison excels more. I can't lie because I just think... And coming, you guys have got had a can for... No, no. Years, right? Kane was playing... He's got essentially a he's doing, he's doing a and striker yeah. yeah he was but you put Kane in the box all, all and Spurs have someone feeding him balls someone to finish off the chances Kane creates but yeah that's why we don't score that many goals yeah. you need two Kane which Alisson didn't want to score <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. besides the the on-field ability though and it's, it doesn't always you know matter a huge amount but I think if you've heard Madison speak before in interviews he's, oh, yeah. he's a really likeable guy he's yeah. got a bit of gusto a few Tottenham fans have been saying we've got Gaza back Gaz just, just as zero. as as you say, likable guy. I have I have a few tweets from Madison from back in the day. If there's I, if some I, great if ones I in there. Just read these yeah. ones out. Really so really I have. Really nice I I hate yeah. Gareth Bell with a passion. Calm down, you monkey. Wilshire is a ten times better player than you. You chimpanzee. Hope Luis Suarez destroys Tottenham today. Don't like Spurs, especially that monkey that everyone's on about. So just just right. just something it interesting. Like, he doesn't like the Welsh. Like, right? That's <laughs> Anything to do with Spurs like that. If you're not careful, yeah. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to get your account and see your tweets when you're 15. Oh, <laughs> right. deleted. There'll, 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 there'll be some scorches in there, I'm sure. <laughs> no, look, he, he obviously didn't like Tottenham. And yeah. I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans have been bantering us. Yeah. Because they're thinking, oh, yeah, Harry Kane, Arsenal fan. Well, it's the fact Wilshere gets He's actually a United well. fan, Madison. So he's not an Arsenal fan. He just doesn't like Tottenham. Is he not? I thought he was like a Coventry fan. De Declan Rice is a Chelsea fan. Yeah, so I've he, seen him in a kit as a kid yeah, as in he, Coventry I think kit. he moved to Coventry when he went yeah. up the, the tiers uh, uh, in, in the youth system. He was just a big but fan of Jack a, Wilshere. Like, whether he's from Manchester, I'm not too sure. But he definitely grew up as a, as a Manchester United fan. I think he, it's good Ronaldo lad. and Beckham were his, were his idols. Um, yeah. No, fair enough. I, I, I think it will work out well. I'd also say Spurs, we're like olives, right? You don't like them when you're young, but when you get older, you, you, your taste matures. We age like a fine wine, right? And it's only really as you grow up and you sort of experience football that you really sort of appreciate what we bring to the game, right? And he's obviously, he's obviously, <laughs> look, he's really mature in his youth, right? Okay? He's seen the ball we've been playing, he's seen the, the vibes that we bring to the league, and finally got relegated. He's like, oh, what? I want a bit of that action. You guys um, just play off vibes, yeah. though. One, yeah. one day you might win 3 0, the next yeah. day you're getting slapped 5 0. 
is part of the fun, mate. That is part okay. of the fun. After <laughs> after Kevin De Bruyne, I think it was 46 goals and assists across the last two seasons from midfielders. Madison second with 39, I believe it was. It's 19 last season. It must have been 20 the, the, the season before, which I think is really impressive. In the it's, relegation it's side something too, that Not only is it, a, is it a good player, a good signing, it's something that we specifically need. Last summer, yeah. I was really frustrated. I thought we needed two centre-backs. We went and got Longley <laughs> on loan. I think we're potentially purchasing him. I think it's a, a reasonable price. We don't, or more recently, we don't always go and purchase what we need, which is yeah. really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Madison is exactly what we need. Even with Conte last season, last 20, 25 minutes chasing a game, need a goal, he would have been the perfect person or one of the best sort of options we had to bring on. So I'm really excited. And I think the football is going to change so much. We've been banned to the last season. It was awful to watch. Yeah, we weren't complaining. The last about couple of seasons has been la- horrendous. Since Pochettino, you could I mean, yeah, it. I'm actually. I'm really excited. Happy for you guys that you actually get to watch something other than I'm really that, It's going to be possession-based football. football. Yeah, if you look it's horrendous. At the two seasons, Andrew was at Celtic, they had 67% and 69% yeah. possession, scoring freely. Yeah. He kind of played, from my understanding, he played like a pep kind of out of, with possession, two, three, allowed the wing-backs to get forward more. So I, honestly, it's exciting. The only problem I think you have with, with the Madison signing that could be unfortunate for him is if you do end up letting Kane go and back-to-back relegations for him. It would be <laughs> devastating for the lad. I am, really I am quietly pretty concerned if Kane does go, what our options are. And I am quite concerned. So I'm not going to get too... Maybe not that concerned. Too but yeah. till it, till it happens where it can, can we, you made a point about Angie's football style at uh, Celtic and the possession stat or whatever. Mm-hmm. This might sound a bit biased and anti-Spurs or anti-Angie or whatever, whatever it might sound like. But that's the Scottish League. Celtic are expected sure. to do that, right? Yes, yeah. they have one challenger in Rangers, but yeah. Rangers had a bit of a rocky season. Rangers, Rangers were rocking it with Steven Gerrard when he came in. But then you he know, left. They, they just got to a Europa League I, final. They were looking good. They were cooking. I, that wasn't with Rangers. Uh, that wasn't with Stevie, though. The, well, the Europa. It's a valid point. Yeah, he went invincible. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were banging, mate. They were banging. He's not proved the highest he's been in. He's 57. The highest sort of managerial position he's been in is at Celtic. I don't watch a huge amount of the Scottish League, but I know when he came in, it was a bit of a mess. I think Rangers won the league. Don't quote me on the points, but it was. Well, they've done the invincibles, I think. Yeah. And so he came in at a really rocky time and then. Won, won the league and then won I think it was two two trophies last season maybe three um, also also what, what, what have what have established winning managers done for Spurs we've had two of the best of all time Jose Mourinho Conte both come in and to be honest with you, the only vibe I've got from both of them is that it, they, they feel like they're doing us a favour yeah. like we should be thanking them for being here yeah, right? yeah. no I want someone who comes in right is grateful for the opportunity to manage a team like Tottenham right who plays and to be honest with you like fine if we're going to come seventh in the league let's come seventh in the league but let's play football like I like to watch mm. like, that's been the issue it's only I, I mean watching Spurs I'd rather be like taking part in Chinese water torture than, watch some <laughs> of the, than watching some of the bloody games I had to watch it was horrific it was it was it was, it was, it was, it was I remember I was, me, me and Ben watched the Liverpool game where we were 3-0 down made it 3-0 and then lost in the last <laughs> match like, it was exciting <laughs> in the it was exciting that we were just such such a I don't even know the word like bottle jobs it was the only thing it was so Spursy it was so Spursy and it's just like you know what like, I just want someone fine if we rock up one week and we lose 3-1 and we're completely out of play but if at least we have a go like, it's just the style of play is just so anti-Tottenham yeah. and I think Angie 
I'm already calling him Angie like he's been here for years. Like, you know, Postacoglu, if he comes in, he plays the style of football he's been playing at, at, at Celtic and then also in Japan before and Australia before that. I think, I think, I think I really like it. It's really grown on me. When he first came in, I was like, oh, he's not going to do, he's not going to do Jack. But actually, over, as I have the time to think about it, I've also heard Celtic fans speak about him too. And they are, they've not been, they, they, they've not been this gutted about manager leaving since Martin O'Neill left in like the early 2000s when he got them to a UEFA Cup final. So I think, I think also, yeah, I think, I think all the, I think he could work. Like, it, Pochettino. Who was Pochettino before he gave us Spurs? No, well, that's that's why I, I think yeah. you've kind of gone down the Poch and the Mikel Arteta route of being an unknown exactly. kind of guy great, yeah. and playing some nice Arteta, some nice yeah. football and and passionate and they 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 have something to to prove, right? Sure. Jose and Conte didn't have anything to prove, exactly. right? yeah. and so I, I do think it will work. Let's go off Spurs and let's talk DDG. David De Gea is he bored of your club? I don't. <laughs> I saw that tweet of him yawning I don't think he's bored I think from what I've read and what the situation supposedly happened is they've agreed a contract he's taken a pay cut was about to sign it and then Ten Hag's decided no I want you to take a more of a pay cut because I'm not sure whether you're going to be number one yeah and that's just transpired and his contracts obviously run out today and Demarzio is reporting that the relationship is now done and we are going full steam ahead with Anana I think, although De Gea is, he's fallen off it, if we're being completely honest, in the last two, three years. He he's still a glove. Yeah, no, 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 you know? yeah that's, there's reasons behind that. But he's still a fantastic goalkeeper, don't get me wrong. I'd be personally happy for De Gea to stay. I just want him to drop the wage. He doesn't need to be on 375. What, so what, was, what did you offer him that then got redacted? From what I read, we offered him 250 and then wanted to drop it even lower to 200 from 375. That's crazy. Which is a lot. Yeah, which is so much money. Which is, That's a toxic workplace environment yeah, right there, Nifa. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. If someone tried that on me, I'd be out of the door pretty yeah, quick. But I think, I think we have to put it into context. We are trying to restructure the whole way the club does things. And credit to Eric Ten Hag because he's actually the one forcing the issue in doing that, right? Mm. So we have to put that in perspective. De Gea, again, a shame that if it ends this way, it ends this way, because he's been a legend of the club, has won player of the season four or five times. Great goalkeeper, but I think he probably even knows it's, it might be time to get into a fight. He hasn't had a real challenge since point. Anders Lindegaard in 2013. And Lindegaard almost won that. Exactly, and Lindegaard almost won that. So we have to be honest with ourselves and. <laughs> Who's the other geezer you've got knocking around in goal? I can't remember. Tom Heaton. That's no. the Villa bench. Sergio Romero. Sergio Romero. Who's, who's the, guy, the guy who was at Man United, the youngster? What was his name? Dean Henderson. Dean, Dean Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. Is he sold? He's gone. He's gone to Forest, right? It's not official, but he's not spoken to Eric Ten Hag since July last year. What was the actual problem with him? Because when we announced, when the talks for Ten Hag were ongoing, Henderson just decided I'm off to Forest oh, really? before okay. even like waiting for Ten Hag to get signed. Sure. So Ten Hag was like, I'm not talking to you and they haven't spoken since supposedly. Oh, I well. felt quite sorry for him to miss you because I think he's a great keeper, Henderson, and goes to, to uh, goes to Nottingham Forest and then Kaelan Navas just yeah. rocks up. <laughs> right, fella, how you doing? <laughs> but no, yeah, I, a big one. Interesting. Yeah, if you're not beating if you're not gonna be starting goalkeeper, obviously Kaelan Navas coming with a huge pedigree. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him um, save way too many shots. <laughs> our strikers over the years but still I think the pedigree needs to be there you need to start and my we've spoken hours and hours about this I think the hair is a, a legend I think 
I've always been a bit more on the negative side because yeah. th- for years I heard that he was as good as Manuel Neuer, which I always said I massively disagreed with. I think United need a new goalkeeper massively. I think the way they want to play, the yeah. way I kind of like Ten Hag's football, Ajax football with Onana back then. That's why obviously it's yeah, a lazy link, but yeah. the link seems to make a lot of yeah. sense. Uh, question is, does Onana will he cost you points by not being able to make some some of the saves that Hayab does? But I think he wins you a lot of games by just being much more pro- progressive. Yeah. I think the Aaron Ramsdale signing, everyone was sure like, what is going on? But Aaron, Aaron does. Mess up like he is yeah. not the best shot stopper. Yeah. Of, Edison isn't either. Of the, neither is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Allison arguably arguably is. Pro- arguably is like that guy is a beast. But Anana's arguably better than he's just a he's sort yeah. of Champions finally. Yeah, 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 yeah. The way he plays, I think he left the World Cup. Great Champions World League, Cup squad because he was so angry with the uh, the the, yeah. the, the manager because he didn't want to. He wanted him to play a more traditional role. Yeah. So I think I think it's cool. I think it's exciting. And yeah, uh, and I think that's ex- like you touched on it. That's the way Eric Ten Hag wants to play. As United, uh, I, I said this at the start, I love the hair. I wouldn't have a problem with the hair staying. But if I want, and as much as I trust Ten Hag, if I want to buy into it, I have to accept that the hair might not be his guy. And as sad as that is, the hair is not going to accept playing. Is it, is it the two. priority though? There's a lot going on at Man United. No, There's ownership coming in. You've got, like, Man United have a decent season. You would have taken top four at the beginning of the year. But I look at Man United, and the first thing that doesn't come to my head, oh, we need to change this, is it's not the goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I think that is, you could have given him another year. You, a club legend who's been there for 12 years. Do you know what I mean? And you're, like, kind what, of messing around with... What comes to like mind, that. you think? What comes Striker. Uh, yeah. Striker. Striker. Yeah. Really, like, I don't know. Maybe Another centre-back, Cent- maybe? Centre-back potentially. Right, I, I feel say. like, I don't know. Varane's been injured quite a lot. Well, we would have had one yeah. until these guys <laughs> turned <laughs> No, but sure, the, sure. I, I agree I don't think goalkeeper is the priority I think the priority is and still continues to be striker we wanted Kane that's definitely not going to happen until Ossiman next sounds, uh, yeah but he's, really too uh, he's, he's too expensive he's too expensive De La Rentis or unless you get the yeah, Qatari yeah, money he's the, he's the Italian Daniel Levy <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, so uh, let's see how they manage one thing to note here lads is that the majority of these transfers we've been talking about have all been the Premier League Mm-hmm. So let's talk around Europe. So boys, is there anything big that you have seen in Europe so far? I mean, not really. There's not been too much. I know we had Ruben Loftus cheek, I think, today. What else has gone? Gundogan to Barcelona. That's big. That's pretty big to be fair. And kudos to him for actually making that move. I mean he's won everything, so it's not it's not a like a mind blower. But other than that, I'm not too sure. There's the whole Saudi Arabia thing, but of course. yeah, that's I think famously Saudi Arabia being in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one leaving Europe, which perhaps you'd be very surprised about two three weeks ago, is Benzema. Obviously, it links to Saudi Arabia again. Yeah. I think that's huge. It's huge news. Um, well, I've actually got some numbers for you boys. I've I've gone through Transfer Market, the go-to website, and put together. All of the transfer spends of the top five leagues so far, this transfer window. So, what I challenge you to is take a guess at what the Premier League current spend is. Just for this window? Just for this window, 23-24 so far. And, it's really- and, and I will note that I have not included Rice, okay, okay. Timber, Paul Torres. It's anything without, if it hasn't had a here we go, it's not been included. Pau Torres got the here we go last night. Also, shout out to Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Emery loves that one. This is as of Thursday night. 
I'll, I'll, I'll stick my I'll stick my flag in the sand early doors here. I want to go for a cultured four hundred million. That's what I'm. Four hundred. Oh, that seems uh, way too high. I will also yeah. clarify: transfer yeah. market yeah. is in euros. In euros. In okay. euros. In so, euros. So you know, all of these numbers mind, are in euros. I want to go with three hundred million euros. What? Actually. How? Lads, the maths are wrong. Lads, yeah. Can we have the a conversation about Camers Lee's no, no, math? No, no, firstly, four hundred to three hundred. No, yeah, no. Listen, I, my, that first one I was thinking about it still. I went first, so you have to keep that in mind. <laughs> I, went, I went way too high. I'm actually bringing it back down to three hundred. That's my that's my official guess. After you boys, I'm going three hundred and fifty million euros. Three fifty million euros. I think it's about right. Three fifty million euros, Prem. Nick? Yeah. I'll go two ninety. I was gonna go 400 as well, but no rice. Yeah, I'm gonna lowball it. I'm gonna lowball it. Yeah, definitely say 210. Wow. Okay. Well, so that I I think the reason you guys have have got this so wrong is because there's so it's 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 509.22 euros. The the interesting thing that I noted from that the interesting thing I noted from that is that. Spurs contribute 141 million of those euros through 30 million for Kulisevsky, 45 million for Poro, 20. It's it's the no, of course, yeah. So so 20 mil for Vicario and 46.3 million for Madison in euros. So Spurs massively contributes to that. But then even if you take the the 140 from from Spurs, you're you're still all quite a way off because it was 360 I think I think yeah. Cam was the closest with, I actually, with I 400 like, so you're, you're 40 mil off I should have trust my instinct yeah, yeah, yeah. you should have given us a tip with the, 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 the loan players also in there fair enough it's not only work I mean it's just they're yeah. paying it's the end of the loan and so that's that's the same for all of them yeah. who would you say out of the other four has the biggest spend Serie A La Liga Bundesliga Liga La Liga it has to be La Liga, Liga. Would feel one single sign yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. It's not La Liga. Oh wow. Syria. 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 So, it it's a bit inflated. Sixty six million of it is is Juventus with thirty million for Locatelli. Okay. okay. An end of loan payment. Yeah. And 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 Moise Keane, yeah. um, which was thirty million to Everton, which is quite nuts as well. But still, sixty six million takes them above. La Liga, which are 175.8 right now, with 103 of mi- million of that being Drew Bellium. So the rest so of the teams the, in the league. The rest of La Liga is 72 million. But, I mean, we are still at the start of it, right? But I mean, yeah, yeah no, end, of course, of course. At the end, I mean, over the next time, it'll be. And, like, and this will be an interesting thing to. Like to it'll be continue like this. I think if you put all the leagues together, I think the Premier will spend more at least, yeah, or probably. at least a similar amount as the four leagues together. But which is yeah. just taking more, taking yeah. taking the Premier League out of it. You look at last season, outside of the Premier League, obviously, with West Ham and Man City winning their European, respective European competitions, the best performer in, in terms of a league would have to be Serie A. Three finalists, all beaten, fair enough. But, you know, I feel, I feel like they're, the, they're potentially the new up-and-coming league in, in Europe at the moment. I think I, I really like what they're doing. I think they've got some yeah. seriously good teams. And I think that matches what you're saying in terms of how much they've spent so far. I mean, we, we have... I have included in the Bundesliga figure 50 million for Kim Min Jae because it was a here we go when I calculated this so that's that's 225.58 million okay, so not that far off and I think there's big chances um, coming not far off La Liga um, Liga uh, <laughs> is 69.75 million 
that's very much the Uber Eats League. But other than that, it's 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 pretty clear that the Prem, even though it's early in the window, is just absolutely annihilating. These are the European leagues. So we mentioned Saudi Arabia briefly. And so we've said we've had Gary Neville come in and say we need to ban all transfers to Saudi Arabia until we find out where the money's coming from or, or who owns Chelsea or whatever. We've had Jamie Carragher say that the Bernardo Silva things are a real game changer. So is, is that really that much of a threat to European football? Or is the Premier League already that threat? Are we already destroying the Spanish league? Are we destroying the German league through the amount of money that we're able to spend and they're not? No, not at all. No? Not at all. Like, look. With those numbers? The the Spanish league have been poaching the Premier League's best players for 20 years. Look at your Ronaldo's, right? Look at your Gareth Bale's, right? And then all of a sudden, the Premier League, the Premier League start doing that bit themselves. And then the presidents of Barcelona and Real Madrid, when PSG come in and start poaching, PSG, Keep, keep one of their own players and Real Madrid come out and start crying to the world saying, oh, it's so unfair, so unfair. No, I'm sorry. T- football goes in cycles. Football goes in cycles. Serie A dominated in the 90s. La Liga dominated for the early, for all the money the Premier League had that started in the early 2000s. How many, how many, how many, European, how many European titles did Premier League clubs win? Real Madrid won four in a row. So I'm, I'm, I get what you're saying and there's definitely a lot of money there and, and going forward it's a bit concerning. But I don't. I don't think it's. Fair, I don't think it's fair to say that the Premier League's ruining football. I mean, look how much money has the Premier League provided to teams like Porto and Benfica and stuff like that that they can go reinvest themselves. You know what I mean? Like tri- bit of trickle down economics going through football. Like. Mm. I think it's. I think it's interesting but. you say that just because we flirted with the idea of a Super League, right? And I think potentially the, you could argue it that there is already a Super League, yeah, and the Super League is the Premier League because we're able to spend X amount. You see Aston Villa. Yeah, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, Aston Villa are not spending <coughs> 45 million euros on a defender. Sure. No. It's not happening. But yeah. oh, what I'd say to that is whose fault is it? It's yeah. no... The, the, the German league could have gone out and rebranded themselves and redone oh. it. And look, German football and English football are completely different. You know, I, I, really, I really really, like the, the 50 plus one and, and the, the way it's based around the fans. But look, if you want to base football around the fans and you want the lower ticket prices, then you can't complain that your clubs don't go out and spend money. Like... Do you, do you kind of get what I'm saying there? There is that, it's, it's the way you set up your league and England have gone out to set, make it the world league, I guess. They've gone out and really focused on, on those global sort of TV deals, Asia, USA, and the rest of Europe. They never really sort of paid attention to that. And it was only really in the sort of 2010 time where they looked around at the Premier League like, God, these guys have really sort of done quite well here. And now it's only now where those threats are starting to get realised. So what stopped Spain from doing what the Premier League did? What stopped Germany or Italy? Germany massively. Finally, sorry, Germany. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I think. Me. I think. I, I agree. I think the Prem deserves a lot of respect, and of course, what a fantastic league! I like to watch it the most as well. Watch it every weekend since since I've been here. I, I I like to cut in with Germany. If someone agrees or not with it, because I have also have my own thoughts about the entire thing. I think it's tough to put Germany in the in the same league as let's say Italy or even England or sure. Spain. Because it's completely different. I, the, the way we think, I mean, Red Bull Leipzig is. is if a, any English person I speak to, they say, "Hey, Red Bull Leipzig, what a cool team!" You yeah, know, they, yeah, yeah. Great investment. They didn't spend hundred million on one player. They've just had a lot of tons of. Kind of like the Brighton. Yeah, exactly. Brighton. Almost, yeah, exactly. And in, in Germany, they're absolutely despised. I mean, it's it's like a sh- they're despised. Like they were just they just won the cup twice two years in a row, and we have those scarves where you have both teams. On one, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, and they need you need the approval from both teams. 
to do it and German teams refuse to do it with Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're absolutely surprised. Um, so I think, yes, I think what's stopped Germany is that they actually are very happy. If you ask the average fan in Germany, they're very happy the way they are. They, they don't sure. want to sell out. They don't want to have this whole the owner's situation. I think you saw with uh, Bayern Munich now that we have we, the fans are very unhappy with some sponsors and uh, actions were taken. If I believe that's the right decision or not, that doesn't matter. I would say the biggest threat to German football isn't RB Leipzig, it's probably Bayern Munich. The teams have won, they've just won 11 leagues in a row. Yeah. In terms of that, that again, I know we, I say that as a, as a, as a fan who sports, sports Premier League, Man City are, are dominating at the moment, but I feel like, look at what's happened to Italy. Juventus came off winning 10 leagues in a row, right? Then they've had AC Milan and Napoli this year and Inter been messing around too. They've had t that competitiveness in the league has then meant that the three teams have got to like European finals this year, which is a which is a massive feat. And I feel like that competitiveness within the league is so important. Frankfurt um, did win the Europa yeah. League last year, though. To be of course, fair. no, yeah, finishing. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. One so. thing I think is interesting to to point out on the the money side of it. So the Premier League splits fifty percent of the TV money equally throughout the teams. The next 25% is, is based on where you finish in the league, and then another 25% based on TV rights of some kind. The Bundesliga does 25% equally split. Yeah. The next 50% is based on your performance in the league, mm -hmm. and then 25% based on your performance in Europe. So that's, that sets the Bundesliga up definitely more for for Bayern the likes of Dortmund and yeah. like the, this is a, a thing like I mean the, the money of the rights of the TV deals is is one of the main reasons why they say in the early years of the 2000s the Premier League actually kind of went and excelled because the other leagues didn't have that same kind of percentage know, yeah, the league have just brought something in similar it to was it. it was more yeah 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 so it was it was more equal in the Premier League in the early 2000s the, the TV rights money and so that got spread more evenly through the league and the league developed much better and more evenly because of that. You also have a lot of state nations now funding. Yeah, the yeah but that's, I mean, that's so come through the, but I th the, the, the success of the Premier League, of right? The Premier League's uh, apart from league maybe league. Roman and Bramwich. Roman Bramwich was the number the one of, of, of that. Yeah. But the, the Abu Dhabi not Abu Dhabi, the, the UAE ownership of, of Man City was, was a, the Prem was already pretty, pretty successful but, by that I point. I mean, also, and just to bring in, huh? so bring it back to Saudi, Saudi, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think if you bring it back to Saudi Arabia and China, why China failed, for example, right? Why Saudi Arabia, I think Saudi Arabia, they're going to bring in, they're gonna, I think that Saudi Arabia just don't have a China. Right, okay. I agree, reason, but the they're not going to they're not going to uh, wage cap themselves. Yeah, of course they're not. Of course they're not. And I think there's a reason why Saudi Arabia have just bought Newcastle because these these I think the reason why the Premier League will never be that we might be the second or third league, biggest league in the world, but we'll never drop down. A, a country like China or Saudi Arabia will never take that place. It's because you don't have the history of the clubs. These clubs that we're looking at, these clubs, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, they've been around for 100, 120, 130, in some cases 150 years. With all due respect, who are who are Shang, Gangzhou, Shanghai, or who are Al Hitahal? Fine, they've they've got Cristiano Ronaldo, but where's where where are those derbies that have been played 200 times that make you get up and watch and that you think about the week before? Name me a derby in Saudi Arabia. Name me a derby. Well, in I think that's why the Saudis. So, like, don't I think that's why they've gone into Newcastle because they yeah. respect that look. Listen, if we want to make, if we want to do this in football, we've got to do it in a vehicle through Europe. Through Europe, and I think that's where the, the history counts for so much. Really. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with 
the standpoint that it's the same it's just going to be another china they've got yeah, a vision set out the 2030 vision yeah. yeah and their initial plans are from what i've read and it's obviously quite a topical thing it's only popped up the last few weeks but their initial idea is to get three four or two three elite players for the top four teams that have basically got a, a silly amount to spend then the next four teams have got not the same but a similar sort of injection it's the fi pi pif that's yeah. it, thank you who own like 80 percent of newcastle mm. and then have a have a little bit of flirting going on with chelsea, with chelsea well, yeah it's, it's an interesting one yeah to see what's going on with quite supposedly 60 percent but the out of favor chelsea players and quite a few of them are muslim which is obviously quite appealing for them with with the, the money but also kind of the the culture as well yeah but i think there's more of a vision with saudi arabia if you look at the world cup for example i think they brought the most fans out of any nation yeah. 70,000 fans yeah sure. it's the most loved sport wow in in the country so i think it's slightly different there with china the, one of the main yeah. reasons why it went to, to pop is the um, restrictions that the players had and, and yeah. how they were getting taxed um, it was the wages as well man like they, 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 they salary capped it at yeah, some yeah, point as well start paying the wages either I mean, uh, sort of make it political here, boys. But uh, I don't, in, 20, in 2012, in 2012, easy, David easy. Cameron, David Cameron showed Xi Jinping around a pub, and then introduced. Uh, there was a selfie with him, the president of China, Xi, and Aguero. Right, so Xi's come out and he he said, "Look, I've got the 2050 vision for China. I want us to win. A, I want us to host a World Cup by 2050. Yeah. I want us to win a World Cup by 2100." Right, and that was only like five years ago. Then they had the whole thing with the league where it all blew up. And I'm saying, like, I get where it's coming from, and money obviously money talks. And Saudi Arabia, they're not just doing it with football, right? Yeah, they're doing yeah. It, they're doing it, they're, their fingers are in so many yeah. pies right now, well, which makes me think there's a little bit more longevity to it. But yeah. again, do you know what I mean? I, I feel what would be if I'm Saudi Arabia right now, I'm looking to UEFA and saying, can 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 we be admitted to UEFA? Like, yeah, like, but I do, that's that's, like that. that's the like thing that, that I think that would change the game. I think that could happen. I, honestly, do you think that could happen? That would. Change I think the that's game. what kind of is the downfall to. Because the, the Saudi Arabian plan of, of, you know of, I mean? of, of creating the world's best. Yeah, regularly. yeah, yeah. But right. but are they really taking the world's best? Are they, like these what? players that they've taken, right? Okay, winner. of course the Ballon d'Or winner. But you've you've got to say Benz is probably nearer the end of his career than his. Yeah, of course. Right. You, the only one that I think has caused a few issues is is really Bernardo Silva. That's what I was about to say. But then Bernardo well. Silva's just come off a treble with City. He's and he's, he's won. He's won everything he needs to win, and for me, I think most Euro most players in Europe want to stay in Europe and win the trophies with these big teams. And then, if you win those trophies, then great. Saudi Arabia is is a great option to go to. MLS is a great option to go to. Like these are lovely retirement options. But when you've won what you need to win, but I don't think they ever. A real chance. Will compare to... I, th I think it's interesting, though, because we're saying Bernardo Silva was the, was the only one, right? I think Ruben Neves is somewhat going under the radar. Ruben yeah. Neves was someone who was touted to go to Barcelona last year and this year, yeah. and has just signed for £47 million too. Yeah. I get Ruben Neves has done some questionable things in his footballing career, yes, but more players like that are going to start going that way if they see the opportunity to earn big money 
But I also think that's Saudi Arabia. Wolves are in a bit of financial trouble at the moment. Yes. They've, they've been told they have to sell yeah. to buy. And who's paying more? Barcelona, who've like literally just remortgaged their house so they can go have a go at the casino, <laughs> right? Or Saudi Arabia, who have just got money money come out of their ears. So yeah. I feel like I get, I do get what you're. I, I look, I get, I, I, I can see. And also the thing is too is, do you not want a threat? Like, of surely course. for the good of football, you want a powerhouse African nation who's attracting loads of good players, or of you want Brazil oh, and Argentina signing good players. It'd be nice if the Champions League was. Like, was I think it's yeah. cool. worldwide, I, man. Yeah. That'd like be crazy. How when Morocco got to a semi-final? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want a team from Asia yeah. getting to a World Cup final or a World Cup semi-final. I want, I want, for, I want as many threats. You know, like that's what excites me about it. Yeah. Imagine if USA had yeah. a sick team. World Cup, like threats of the World Cup, threats with clubs. You know, whatever, but whatever it may be. It's not the <laughs> yeah, but like national teams. The German national, over there. National, national teams, national teams are developed by their leagues being strong, right? Like, yeah. You don't have a, you don't really have a strong national. I mean, maybe Brazil, but it's like the fiftieth best. And Argentina, just one of yeah. It's fun. Very questionable. I think it's, I think it's important to note that, yes, we're all. We all want football to be great and everyone to, to, every nation to be a part of it. But these conversations are almost what stops certain nations from doing because everyone's. Oh. That. Oh God, I'm hearing from our technician over there. Oh, we've got some breaking news. What's oh, wow. going on, oh, mate? We've actually, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. we've actually had. Oh, yeah. It is not Harry Kane has joined oh, Bayern. I can confirm that. We have had a here we go from Fabrizio during the show oh. of Shaboshalai. Oh. Who? To Liverpool. <laughs> Easy. And we happen to have a Liverpool fan in the room supporting the boys today. So we want to bring him in on the show. Let's bring him in. HFC, get in here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Harry. Come on, Harry. Come on in. Harry, get in the middle there. Get in the middle. Get in the middle with the mic, mate. Get in the middle. Get in the Some good news. What have you been hiding, mate? Very good news, eh? Yeah, talk to me, Freddie. How are you feeling? Thanks for supporting the boys today, by the way. Not at all, man. We've enjoyed you in the audience. It's good to be here, as always. Thank you very much. I've opened a few gates. I've closed a few gates. I'm ready to play now. How are you feeling about Shaboshalai? I'm excited, personally. I think we needed Say his name first. Shaboshalai. Dominic to his mates. Uh, I'm excited. I think that we've something we've been lacking over the last few years since the departure of Philippe Coutinho, yeah. who, by the way, is I struggle to I struggle to think of many players in red that I've actually preferred to watch over over these last sort of 15 years that I've been totally invested in the club. But we need that. We've been lacking that midfield. We've had since then our midfield's been very rigid, solid, Endo, Fabinho, we've got Milner in there, Thiago's a bit more creative, but he's still a bit more of a, he's not exactly a 10 or an eight. He's still, despite the tech, he's still a bit of a six. Mm. Big six vibes. A bit of a six. Whereas now I'm, I'm excited by the prospect of someone like Shaboshalai to come in and unlock a, a nil-nil game in, the, in, in Coutinho fashion, to unlock a nil-nil game and score a last minute banger or make a pass, something that needs to happen. We've been lacking that recently. And I think not only Shaboshalai can do that, but also my guy Alexis McAllister, who not only does he look like Messi, but he's trusted by Messi. <laughs> and if he's trusted by Messi, he's trusted by me. Uh, but yeah. I feel like that's a similar profile of player, no? McAllister and yeah. Shaboshalai. And do you not need like a... Jordan Henderson is probably fair to say is a little bit past the peak now. So... 
Do you not need a bit of a powerhouse in your midfield? I think that Henderson is going to adopt the Milner role that has been uh-huh. that role for the last couple of seasons. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, that's a valuable role, especially behind the scenes. I, I agree. I, I, I can see where you're going with that. But I also think that we've got Thiago now. We've got Fabinho. Part of the reason we struggled last season was that Fabinho had a bad season. Fabinho missed a reliable in the last couple of seasons previously. And nowadays, in, in modern day football, you see how important it is for the team if the six is playing well. Mm. Arsenal, so reliant on party. If party's playing well, Arsenal play well. City always play well because Rodri always plays well. It's such a key feature of the game now. Yeah. So if Fabinho, known as the Dyson, by the way, in amongst the <laughs> Liverpool dressing room, because he's hoovering up the rubbish, <laughs> he, if he can continue, I think the hoover got a little bit, he needed to empty the, empty the sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's now been emptied. We've bag. reloaded it and he's ready to go again. <laughs> okay. So I'm looking forward to it. And I think yeah. that we've added a different dimension in our midfield with a slightly more attacking style there. And again, let's not forget Trent might be now thrown into the mixture. So it's an yeah. exciting combination. But then do you have any kind of backup to Fabinho? Like, I mean, if you lose Fabinho to injury, which is very possible at some point, do you have anyone? Right now. Really? Apart, I mean, Hendo, but I think they got, they got a little bit. They got, what's that kid's name? Connor Bradley from Bolton, who's on loan at Bolton, did pretty well. So... I think they got a bit of bit of talent that can come in there and do a job. I mean, we're talking Fabinho. Yeah, but you, yeah, you, you mean, have to yeah, have yeah, these yeah. transition periods yeah, where the yeah, kids have course, to learn. Yeah, yeah fair. I'd, li- I'd like to also uh, give a shout out to my guy Bajatic yeah. as well, ah, who's okay. actually a massive yeah, yeah, baller, yeah, 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 yeah. young baller. You fun, fun fact yeah, of the day as well, his dad and Thiago's dad played together at Celta Vigo back in the day. Oh, and here they are now. I think there must be about 13 years between the two of them, something, something like that. And uh, here they are now balling out in red. And uh, it's good to see. I think he's a promising situation in the midfield there. Young baller. I don't think he's even 19 yet. So we'll see how that pans out. I agree. If Fabinho gets, say, Fabinho does his ACL six months, we're probably looking at Hendo in that sixth role. Yeah. Not looking great. That's not ideal. But I also, mate, I can't knock Hendo. Yeah, You know, Hendo... Uh-oh. We've got so much time for Hendo. The amount that he offers on the pitch, even if he's having a shit game, he verbally offers something that is so crucial in the game. We all know, I don't know about you guys, but when, when we're playing football and you're young and stuff, there's obviously certain things, certain tells that show you who's a level above the others. One of those things is communication. And Hendo's got that to an absolute T. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like he's definitely he's got something. He's a leader for sure. 100%. He's not who he was he's not the same player he was four or five seasons ago yeah. but yeah can do a job 100% and I think it's also important you need Harry touched on it you need those guys in the dressing room yeah. like I think we touched on it about Arsenal bottling it last year say that again Relax. Arsenal bottled it you need those experienced players who are going to put people in check and kind of act a certain way so people understand what it is to actually go out there and win stuff we, we give Hendo a bit of stick for not being the best we've ever seen or anything like that but he's won the Champions League he's won the Premier League yeah. he's won a lot of stuff and his leadership qualities are there even before that so I'd, I'd also like to add to that I'd also like to not only that I'd like to reiterate that at one point Henderson was going to get sold to Fulham I think around 2013 he was basically on his way but he specifically said to Brendan Rodgers who was the manager at the time 
that he wants to stay. He wants to fight for that top spot. And as you just said, he won the champs, he won the Prem, but not only that, he lifted those trophies. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was actually Matt, because you, know. you signed him for 30, 40 mil back in the day from Sunderland. I think it was less And he was, he, I think it was like 30 million at the time, because it was a, a big, it was I, a big fee for the time. I want to say it was 18 mil. Fact check, could, fact check. I think it was 18, 18? mil, I could Okay, be maybe, maybe I'm wildly wrong there, but I feel like I remember the Henderson fee being, yeah, technician, get on it. But the, the, I, I remember it being like a high fee for that time. And Henderson really not living up to the... He, he, for for a few years. The and time. then him just hitting a... We basically signed Henderson, Carroll, Suarez, all in the Kenny Dalglish uh, phase, which was a, not a great phase. But <laughs> Hen Henderson struggled with me. It's a difficult club to, club to come and play for. Anfield is a, it's a difficult atmosphere. It's all going on. Also, just on a little side note as well, I'd like anyone who's ever questioned Henderson's tech here, go on YouTube. Soccer AM Skill School, Sunderland, Henderson. He's got it, mate. Uh, I have some devastating news, boys. It's, fif it's 15 million. No. Oh, wow. 15 million. So I doubled it. I doubled it in my head. Oh, but back then it was a decent yeah. amount. Back then it was a lot. <laughs> if Henderson was to go these days. Inflation. Like, you were speaking with inflation. Inflation. Yeah, inflation. inflation. Cost of living prices are that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 18, they're saying. 18. Inflation and. Oh, okay, well, that's euros. Okay, fine. All right. Well. Harry, I know you're also a cricket fan, mate. I am indeed, yeah. I don't like cricket, mate. Like, like, like 10CC once said, I don't like cricket. I love, I love it. it. Oh, there we go, mate. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful from yeah, you, lad. What have you thought of the first test? Start of the second test. Difficult watch. I Very. The issue is, when we're playing against Australia right now, I mean, what? It, 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 it very much feels like we're, we're fighting a losing battle. A lot yeah. of the time, but the first test didn't matter. Like we the felt like it felt like we we're on top for ninety percent of it, and then you have the declaration early, and then when we're, when we're bowling at them, you have Root that gets the carry caught and bowled, mm -hmm. and then you bowl him the next over and he gets hit for fourteen when they need fifty-one left with Pat Cummins, Nathan Lyon. Don't left. take the new ball. Two, don't take the new ball. Two wickets to go. Pat Cummins, Nathan Lyon, and you. You bowl Root another over when they need 51. They hit 14 off that next over after he's got the wicket. And then it's down to, what, 37 between Pat Cummings and Nathan Lyon. And it's just like, there was a lot of... And then Ben Stokes drops, drops Nathan Lyon as well. And so, I mean, crazy. there was just a lot of moments there that, like, England win that game if you don't bowl Root the second over. You don't declare with two wickets left and you get an extra 20, 30 runs. Yeah. And you even though it was, a, it was an unbelievably hard catch, but if Stokes takes that catch. There's a lot of ifs. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but, there, no, but there's, there's a lot of moments there that, and there was so many swings during the whole five uh, days. It was, it was an, um, honestly, it's the best test cricket I've ever watched in my life. It is, um, honestly, I know there's a few here that aren't test cricket fans. Camus <laughs> Lee, you're a test cricket fan. This is the best stuff I've watched in my life. It's constantly swinging. If you look away, something's happened. It's unreal. These last, three days of this, this, this last test. I mean, this day didn't, <laughs> third day didn't go so well. But the, the first two that, days were on as well. But that's the beauty of the, this series so far, I think. And I know it's not gone England's way. I really think England's biggest problem in this, in this series so far is that they've, they've got this new style. They've got Basball. 
and yeah, it's great. Hit the ball as hard as you can, and if teams are going to allow you to do that, then do yeah. it. But Australia, they're, they're the best team in the world. They won the yeah. World Test Championship the other day, right? They've realised if we put people on the boundary, right, yeah. and they hit the ball hard and they get one mistake, then we can catch them out and so, bowl it short. And like, but then we just, yeah. but then we just fall into their trap. We're just literally, they're do, we're doing exactly what they bloody want us to do, and it's just fun. I love this exciting style of play, but yeah. I also like winning. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind if we don't have to hit a six every other ball. That's fine. But let's try. And it was. Win the it game. was. It was yesterday that England were steamrolling them in terms of the the England first innings after they got yeah. what four one six or whatever one eighty eight for one. Yeah, and and then they literally at that point around the one eighty one one eighty one for one point. Australia's guy okay will put like. Men deep there, men deep there, and we'll just bowl short of Ben Duckett. And it was nuts. At that point, if we just play sensibly for the rest of the day, get in at 2.30 for one, then we're all over them, mate. To be fair, it was very tough because they kept doing it. And like the the Inca players were just taking the ones. But then Ben Duckett hits it like on his 98, man. Hits it straight to... It's cruel, isn't it? What was it? Fine leg? Yeah, David Warner, fine leg. It was, yeah, it was was very cool. I've got a question for our our cricket fans out here. Yeah. Now, I've had a theory for a while. I personally haven't sat down for five, six hours and watched cricket, a, a test match, but I value my time a bit more. <laughs> but, cricket fans, <laughs> when you hear someone's gone to watch the cricket, five or six hour job. It's a good day, right? mate. Yeah, good day out. Yeah, had a good few day. pints, sun was lovely. Do you know that a pub garden exists? <laughs> you don't have to go to Lord's. Watch no, they get the vibes, you, can chill, mate. you can have a few pints and it's nice weather. It's the Pims garden. does cost like 10 quid or whatever and a beer costs like... Let me, take, let me take this one, Ben. Yeah, you take Most... Nife, I, like. I don't know about you, but when you walk into a church, right, you yeah. see a man being crucified on a cross, right? Mm-hmm. For, for people like me, Fred and Harry, we see a man signalling a wide. Right. Okay. That's where we are in terms of how we feel about cricket. Right. It's it's not it's not just a sport, Ben. It, for me, it's it's turned into a religion. It's a lifestyle. It's the storylines. It's there's it's the best. It's the hardest team sport in the world. Right. You're out there. It's a forty-hour game. Name me another football's over in ninety minutes. Right. You make a mistake, then you played another game three days later. In this test in test match cricket, it's it's. It's, it's, I don't know, I, I actually, I struggle to find the words to describe to you, like, how sort of exciting and invigorating it, is, it, it really is. It's the A swings of the game. It's, when you're watching days go, it, it swings one way or the other throughout it. So it's one team's dominating and then a wicket happens and then another wicket comes and then it's, it, it completely changes the complexion of the game. It is like that and it's, you've just got to watch and it to, to love it, but it is, it is, it is entertaining. A tight finish in a football game, and you think about the drama that's taken place over the last 90 minutes, right? Imagine you've watched a game for five days in a row and it comes down to the final six balls. Right? <laughs> you could win the game, you could tie the game, you could lose the yeah. game. You've, been, you've invested you five draw, days of your time, you've drawn the game, the game yeah. too. There's four results. <laughs> yeah. And it's just I, just, I just don't think there's a game that, fine, I get it, it and it, 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 it's coming out to cricket, it's actually come to a little bit of criticism over the past week with the ECB and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit old fashioned. I, I do Awful. get that. But I yeah. think at its best, right? Yeah. And the Ashes is at its best. That's where, the, even though the Australia are all over us at the moment, you've got two teams who are pretty evenly matched. And really I think, even. I, look, we've got two games left. I don't put, even if Australia mm, post 450, yeah. 480, England, England it wouldn't surprise me. They would go after yeah. them and win the game. 100%, you know? man. Like, it is, it, these teams are super equally matched. Like, every game, it's annoying that that first test thing going on. I don't because. So I, I don't completely agree that we're actually that evenly matched. I, I think that Australia are quite considerably better than us. I don't know, man. I can't help but feel like I, I'd also also and just in terms of go back to that. Sorry, 
find me a sport where one fixture lasts six weeks. Yeah. This Ashes, this Ashes it's journey a it's a is, a, is a whole summer. It's more yeah. than just 90 minutes, 80 minutes rugby, 12 rounds. It's more than that. It's six weeks, mate. Six yeah. weeks of blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, These yeah. things, it, it's, it's relentless. <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different ball game, but I, I'd also like to, in t just to slightly quickly go back to what we were saying about how, how it's looking for England. I think one of our biggest issues in the first test, and it's not looking good for the second test either, Yeah. First test, Steve Smith and Labuschagne, neither of them got runs. No runs. For us to not win a test yeah. in a game where neither, neither of them get yeah, runs yeah, yeah, is yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. It, 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 it shows and that, that's what, there was you know, so many opportunities to that. win that game. Like, yeah. it, and it should have. England should have won that game. And it's just annoying that it didn't happen because 1-0 up, they go 1-1 and then it's series on. But if they go 2-0 up, it's, it's a bit it's of a disaster. It's over. Already. It's over, yeah. really, realistically. Which is just awful. Well, because there's probably going to be one that's rained off at some point or whatever. Yeah, but, sure. okay. We'll save Nick, Nife <laughs> and Ben the pain yeah. of listening to any Thank you very much. Chat. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> you want to talk Wimbledon? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's talk tennis. Let's talk tennis once. Certainly not a... Part uh, of Monday. Hitting winners, aren't So, yeah. I mean, we've, we've got Wimbledon. It's two weeks, pure tennis. I personally absolutely love Wimbledon. It's on throughout the day. It's, it's lovely to whack on on the TV and just. It's good to see. Hey, the it's a bit the like the World Cup. Yeah. Out to the, the public tennis courts as well. Everyone gets the racket out. Honestly, yeah. I've done it so many times when I see Wimbledon, then go to the tennis courts and, and try and get good at it, classic. and then never go back to it two weeks later. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting tournament. I mean, Djokovic is gonna win. Yeah, no. 24th Grand Slam? Hey, the, the uh, is that his 24th Grand yeah, Slam? So I think he just got his 23rd earlier this month. Yeah. So he levels Serena Williams and this next potential Grand Slam would, would make him... 24th. 24th. No, he, he definitely, he definitely has the most. I'm not yeah. sure with Serena. He definitely yeah. has the worst out of all. He'd overtake Serena yeah. if he yeah. wins this one. Yeah. 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 What about... No, not anymore. Serena has more than Steffi I think, think someone 22 Nadal. I think in modern Nadal. tennis, yeah, really. he would be the record holder for Grand Slam. Unless you just happen. He definitely is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely. When you include the women as well, then he's obviously level with Serena at the moment. But, but yeah, look, I'm not a, a, a tennis fanatic by any means, but I think everyone, when it comes to Wimbledon, us British in general, we, we love it. It also signifies the usually two weeks of good weather we get as well. <laughs> Obviously, we've had a, a very good June, yeah, but so. it's kind of like, oh, strawberries and cream, go on then. Corona or two, go on. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's got to be done, yeah. Pims. I think it opens done. up the question, though, on the tennis topic, right? So we've obviously just said if Djokovic wins this one, he's got the most Grand Slams. Does that make him the greatest tennis player ever? It, I think that this is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, by, by numbers, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The most likable, not not so much. But don't go near him with a with a vaccine. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> asking that question though brings out the phrase. You know, how they say in boxing styles make fights. I think mm -hmm. in tennis, I think it's all about styles too. So, like, you look at Nadal, the energy he brings to a game, the way he can move around a court. Federer, he, he was he was like a gazelle. The class, the way mate. He just kind of like But then you look you at Djokovic, and that I see. I think Nadal. I think Djokovic. I, I see Arnold Schwarzenegger. This guy's the Terminator. He'll find your weakness, he'll hone in on it, and he'll yeah, make you pay. You know, he even took a year out of the game because he didn't want to take a vaccine, came back and then broke the record anyway. He's probably going to get the Canada Grand Slam. So, I don't know. For me personally, it's Federer. That's the person that I would, I would always enjoy I watching. Agree. Um, but you've got, you've got a 24 Grand Slam. I think it, it, and also, would you, I don't know too, just to kind of change it quickly, but do you feel like if, if only Djokovic played in this era, 
do Federer and Nadal also get 22? Do you feel like they've pushed each other to this level? If they weren't, if they if they were all in different areas, so they maybe stick at 16, 17, but because they've all been around at the same time, oh, pushing yeah. each other, do you, do you think that's what's happened to it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like Pete Sampras before. If you look how many he had, yeah. Like it's like these guys They're just actually nutty. dominated. The big tennis. three. I mean, I grew up with, I remember, I, like, I don't know, like when I was six, almost 20 years ago, or something Federer was already yeah. a guy yeah. and uh, Nadal was like Federer and Nadal and it was like Babalato Wilson yeah. or whatever True. Andy Roddick mate I was going to say Andy Roddick Andy Roddick Andy Roddick with the monster soul <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that was so yeah. are, we, are we ever going to have an era like this in tennis again because people are saying at the moment in football we're never going to have a, we're never going to have two goats like we've had Ronaldo and Messi or is it no, are we just are we very much like beasts of now we just think oh this is the best we'll ever have it and it won't be better in the future it wasn't as good in the past there's a quote there's, along, a, there's a quote yeah. from Carlos Alcaraz who's currently number one going into Wimbledon <laughs> and I can't repeat the quote but he says that the comparisons to the big three are just stupid because they're, so they're just so clear yeah they're yeah. so good and it's a bit like Ronaldo Messi I mean it's unfortunate for the British guys that, that Andy Murray was in that era as well mm -hmm. because he was also class I mean he's he's won two lawn tennis tournaments coming up to Wimbledon so I mean He's worth a five. Twenty-eight to one odds. Twenty-eight to one odds. What's what's cool? I think is um, I think it's kind of cool how like uh, Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal, and then obviously Ronaldo and Messi as well. They're all sort of the the goats is between they're each right. other. Yeah, and they're all so different. Mm -hmm. They all play the same game and they do it so differently, and yet they're still very much they're, they're on they're on the same level in a way that no one else is, which is kind of cool. But I think it also when you were saying about who's the best. It's like in football, I think it depends on who you want to watch, what you want to yeah. see, you know. Me, I, I want to see Ronaldinho playing like he's on the beach. I want to see Neymar making grown men look like idiots. Federer makes tennis look so cool. Djokovic doesn't make it look as cool, but he, he gets the job done in the most efficient way you've ever seen anyone do it. And that's, it just depends on what you appreciate, what you're looking for. Yeah. But it's cool how they, they're all bringing that they do it. They're bringing their game, and it, as different as it is, it's it's equally as like sick. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to have any of you watched that that break point? Like, yeah, I watched it on Netflix. Very good. Yeah. Very, it, very on the good. women's side, Anjibur, mate. As that's that's who I'm supporting. Kyrgios <laughs> as well, mate. That guy's got. Yeah, some I mean, he's, he's got what, some what's, good what's, stuff. A, what's a Kyrgios night looking like? <laughs> night out with Kyrgios. Kyrgios. Loose. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely this guy loose. Reached. Absolutely the final last loose. year, he's never reaching that again. Realistically. <laughs> oh, this guy but, is going big at Wimbledon this year. He's he's going out. He's going out. out. I I don't <laughs> know if tennis. I don't know. Or maybe I'm look. Tennis isn't my number one sport by any means. But I feel like I feel like tennis needs a Kyrgios. You Need that personality. You need yeah, that 100%. evil. He's you need that, you need that evil character, don't you? Someone that someone that I personally I wanted Kyrgios to win last year. But I know all the tennis traditionalists wanted wanted him to lose that final, right? And I feel like you need those. You need those bad guys. You need those villains in sport because yeah. that's where that's where you get the emotion. From. So you need, yeah. I, I, and it's such a shame that he doesn't play more tournaments because I feel like that. So I, I literally watched. I, I watched a few. I, watched, I used to watch Andy Murray, but I watched every single one of Kyrgios' game last year because he's yeah? such a character and the way he plays tennis too. It's just such an exciting. I can't lie, that like that doesn't surprise me that much, Cameron. Yeah. Look, listen. I, look, I, love, I love an yeah. underdog. I, I love an underdog. What can I say? But um, you, you know how little he actually trains as well. Yeah. He, he actually prefers to just play yeah. basketball. Yeah. I mean, mate, I, I've got loads of time for the sort of player you, you're sort of. He, he, he's got. He, he reminds me of a bit of an Adele to Raps. The sort of player who's got <laughs> bags of ability. <laughs> who knows that they've That's got bags of ability. That's a wonderful comparison. So, so they actually. It's almost. They're almost. They almost. Weaken, yeah. They almost weaken themselves yeah. by not trying. 
but they know that they can afford to because they're actually technically better than anyone else on the pitch yeah. or the court. And sure. I've got loads of time for that, despite it being frustrating. Yeah, no, I agree. Any love for uh, Andy Murray at all? 40 to 1 going into it. 40 to 1? No love. What, no what, love. what book is no you love. looking at, mate? Skybet 28 to 1. I had a little look beforehand. So <laughs> it, it looks to me like a bit of a, a two horse race. Where so are you getting 40 to 1 from? Which? 365. Oh, Djokovic was 47, so 1.57. And Carlos Alcaraz was just under four to one. So Carlos is an interesting one. He just won Queens. Carlos did just win Queens, which is the big tournament in the build up to to Wimbledon on on grass. So I have to say I watched Carlos live last year at the US Open in the semis and it was mind blowing. I think how old is he? I, that was about 20, I think. I think he's 20 now. Maybe a bit older than 20. I was, I was going to say 22 or 23, but I have no idea. That's what I was going to say. Shoot me. Don't shoot me. Fact check, um, please. Please, uh, happy to do the fact check. He's definitely crazy young, and it was mind-blowing how good he was. I mean, the, the pressure was on him because he was playing against against an American. First time, I think, since... Was this tier four? ...at the USFL. Yeah. And he just... It was a five-set match, so it went all the way, and he was... But you you were watching the game even though it went five sets and you just knew he was going to win that it was so impressive like it was uh, by the way it was a lot of fun watching live it's a great time first time I ever did I'd love to watch it and it, it was so cool I mean the, obviously the Americans know how to market and how to entertain at these kind of events as well but uh, I have to say it was a lot a lot of fun and he was mind blowing I uh, a lot of respect he'll, he'll be excited yeah, when we're on this how old is he? for sure 20, 20. He's, wow. he, I so can confirm he is yeah, 20 so, so 19 so last year 19 then yeah. that's but I think I think this even brings us to a wider topic not even just tennis or anything it's sport in general there's a general trend now that people 19 20 21 22 are just mind-blowingly good we talk yeah. Alcaraz now, Musiala, Haaland, Mbappe. Saka. We talk Wembanyamba in basketball. Trent. Yeah, yeah. People like that. And it's just, it's almost, what are they feeding these kids? I think it's just the the growth of all those sports and the money in it that it's just like they commit their lives to that as more of a. People starting from an early range. People taking it more seriously as professional investment. Genuine option. Seven, eight, nine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the development of the game also as well. I don't think, if you look at at teams now, say for example, you look at an under-18s team now, never has an under-18s team for any team been in such amazing physical condition, been so conditioned for everything, so prepared, so much training, so many hours committed, but so much more serious than it was before. We were talking, I was talking to someone the other day about the, the scrutiny that Grealish has is, 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 is received from some people for living the good life, having won the treble, which is understandable. People saying, oh, he, the last English player who was like the clown of the class, the class clown was Gaza. Yeah. And how did that end? And I think yeah. it's a bit harsh, yeah. but the, the game was so different then. Yeah, yeah. It's a different, it complete, nowadays, I feel like, and what you said about what we thought about Messi and Ronaldo being the best, I think... I wouldn't be surprised if in 30, 40 years' time we see people threatening those numbers just because the game develop, is always developing. It's Do you not already have sense. Mbappe threatening those numbers? I mean, if you look no? at the, look at the Don't goal, have Mbappe mate, threatening those goal, numbers? Look at the goal scored for, by Mbappe and Haaland at their age now yeah. compared to Messi but, uh, and Ronaldo yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. age. Right, it's, like, it's hundreds clear. Well, but then you had Messi who'd won 
He'd won the Ballon d'Or twice, twice by the age of 24, of course. 24, and that's Mbappé, and he's still knocking about. Yeah. I mean, he's got to go out now to score yeah. a hat-trick in the World Cup final. First, Mbappé took a very important couple of Mbappé stats here. Mbappé, first person to... First teenager to score in a World Cup final since Pele in 1958. And then the first player to score a hat-trick in the World Cup final since Jeff Hurst. Wow. So that's wow. two big statements from a yeah. man who's not even 25 yet. Yeah. And of course, at the time, he was 18 and then 22. Yeah. I think you know, also, he's got a lot himself. ahead of him, yeah. yeah. I think we also have to, and correct me if you guys don't agree with this, but do we not think the quality of player, apart from the top, the top lot, so the Mbappes and Haaland's of the world, back in the day, so we're talking 2008, 2009, was better than it is today. Better? So, I, I thought course. you were about to say worse. I'm surprised you said that. I think he's more of a killer I, I now. Think, I think he's an absolute ki- cold-blooded killer now. I'm like surprised, I'm surprised you said well, better now. I, I was about to agree with... No, no, with, I th- with I, well, you think they're better now? No, I think these guys are like fine-tuned. I'm saying they were better. They were better footballers. It's like the debate between treble winners, right? People compare United to City, and they both. It's it's a different era of the game. It's different era. I mean, I think it's it is hard to compare because the game. Maybe not between. You should you shouldn't compare. But my the reason I'm thinking that right is because you had you had Messi playing up against the likes of Raúl, Kaká, all these guys, right? Whereas all we're saying is a two-horse race between Haaland and Mbappe. And then, can you really name someone else that's the next level down? Whereas back in the day, you're going Messi, Ronaldo, yeah, okay. Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Rubinho, all these guys, all these cultured names. Whereas now we're going But then that was, that was probably because Messi and Ronaldo weren't about in that era to constantly dominate the... The, the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Okay. And now Messi and Ronaldo are gone, we'll probably see a, a, a bit of a change up in the Ballon d'Or. Like Messi every and Ronaldo year. sucked the oxygen out of the room in terms of top, top talent because mm. they, yeah. they just did so much. That yeah. Like yeah. They, they were your two options. Yeah. Whereas before, before in those early days, like 2010, yeah. 2011, they were still it was coming very good players, but they're still coming from all yeah, okay. still a little yeah, bit. Okay. So, yeah, and I do get what you're saying there, Nisha, yeah. 100%. Just a hypothetical, if Man United 99 were to play Man City today what, in, a, in a one-off game, what the score would score? I genuinely think United... The physicality, I think, I think there, there, there's aspects of the game that they'd have in terms of the way that the game's changed. There's advantages that they would hold being the older team. Sure. But I, I don't think that any Prem team can it, it can be that a prime city team over the course of 38 games yeah, in a season. I agree. Uh, it doesn't get better than what they do. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. a one-off game, though. In a one-off game, anything can happen. Yeah. In a one-off Tot- game, Tottenham seems to do the best. In a anything can happen, as you saw in 1999, where you scored two goals in the last three well, minutes. Exactly. Exactly. On that note, boys, let's wrap it up for today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, boys, for coming and joining me. Thank you. For we'll it. do it again next week, next Saturday. We will be back. We'll be better. Please, please subscribe. Please follow all of our socials and all that shabam. And thank you. If, you, if you've stayed this long, unbelievable effort. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you soon. And that's a wrap for us. That's a wrap for us.